This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. This is Eric Hanberg, and how are you doing, Doug? I'm swell. You're swell. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I survived the jet planes going over during this podcast. Yeah, you get to hear a little, uh, we're, we were buzzed by some fighter jets, but uh, we have Rock Hushka, who's the uh, chief curator at Tacoma Art Museum, joining us to talk about one of the, the biggest things happening in Tacoma this January, and that's the opening of a new wing at Tacoma Art Museum. And the wing will be festooned with wings. Yes, we, the wings have wings. So mm. let's give it a listen. All right. Well, Happy New Year. We are here with another episode of We Art Tacoma. And uh, my guest today is Rock Hushka. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So you are the chief curator and deputy director of Tacoma Art Museum. That's right. And Tacoma Art Museum has some very cool things happening soon with an, an opening of a new wing. Is that right? That's correct. Our the Jack and Rebecca Benaroya wing. Uh, wait, that's wrong. Uh, the Rebecca and Jack Benaroya wing. Never okay. separate a man from his name. Rebecca goes first. first Good indeed. to know. Yep. Uh, our second wing in uh, five years. Uh, we opened the Haub Family Galleries in 2014. So yeah. an incredible time at the museum. And you were at the museum when that one opened as well. I've been at TAM for more than 17 years. 17 years. Wow. Yeah. What does a curator do at a museum for 17 years? Um, well, that is a, a great question. Uh, the most visible Thing that we do our work on exhibitions. Uh, we select works of art, we work on scholarship, we try to make a compelling case about why people should see these things, the history behind them, and why it's important. Yeah. And the behind-the-scenes part, we spend a lot of time working with the museum's board, with collectors, with artists, uh, all to support this idea of, an, of a vibrant and healthy art ecosystem. Wow. So, how do you get into curating? Like, if there was, if you were in a, at a class of fifth graders and someone said, "How do I be you?" What would you tell them? Well, that everyone does it a little differently. Okay. Uh, the most linear trajectory is to study art history and uh, at university. Um, probably these days, you need a PhD. Wow! Um, I might be the last um, cohort generation to only have a master's degree. Uh, it's a very specialized field. Uh, some people come through it uh, via artist. Uh, some people have started volunteering at a museum, mm -hmm. work their way up mm -hmm. through the ranks and accrue experience. Uh, and, you know, my story is a little hybrid of all three of those ways. So it's it's always a little different. Yeah. Does that mean that you, you've practiced art yourself? Is that kind of the gist that I got there? I still do every morning. Really? Yeah. What kind of medium do you use? Uh, I embroider for a couple hours. Wow. What else does someone do at five in the morning? I don't know. I'm <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> embroider, that's really cool. Do you have any exhibitions that you have anywhere? Um, I haven't shown uh, publicly for a couple of years. Um, I've been occupied by a couple of things at yep. the museum. So. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So one of the things uh, you say 17 years that I think about um, – would you walk, walk us through, like, where Tacoma Art Museum was 17 years ago? Because 
where it is now versus where it is then I think is is revolutionary in some ways. And I don't think maybe someone who's new to Tacoma would get uh, what what the status of it was back then. Yeah, great. Uh, great question. Uh, the museum, when I started in 2001, was in the old bank building at the corner of 12th and Pacific. Yep. And it was a fantastically funky space. You could do all sorts of strange and wonderful things in there because the building was so forgiving. The uh, When I started, the steel for the Antoine Predock building was already Erected, and that's the current location on like Seventeenth and Pacific. Or Correct. So. Yep. And uh, that was a about a decades long process to commit to building the building. Uh, the museum and the board commissioned a fundraising consultant to say how much what could what could a new museum look like in Tacoma about ten years earlier. This firm came back and said, you know, if you're lucky, you'll be able to raise about ten million dollars in the community. Uh, we raised more than $23 million wow. for the pre-doc building, uh, built the building on time, on budget. And, you know, even with the uh, horrible September 11th, when all the fundraising stopped, uh, the board very wisely uh, raised a little bit of extra money for operating endowment. And that has served us really well because we used that kind of model when the Haub family approached us. What would it look like to have a major collection, to have maybe a wing? To, to How do you operate a, a sustainable organization? And so... And then we used that model again when the Benaroya family approached us. Mm -hmm. So it's been a successful... Uh, way to be sustainable and to build um, an institution. That's great. So one of the things that I remember from when the, the Hob Wing opened is that there was kind of a, a shift in what the museum represented. It was Northwest art, and then the Hob Wing kind of made it more, expanded that to Western art. Um, do you want to say anything about that? Sure. Um, it, it was a really fortuitous opportunity for us to remind everybody that the Northwest is always in the West. Yes. Uh, when I started at the museum in 2001, there was a, a renewed focus on this idea of collecting and exhibiting Northwest artists, which is great. Um, and what what happens is that artists migrate to urban centers, so Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, in particular. And yet we forget about the fact that the Northwest, as we sometimes think of it in our mind, Puget Sound, rainforests, all that kind of typical stuff that we see here every day, is a very small geographical proportion of this. And so think when the Hub collection came, we, we had this opportunity to re, uh, readjust a little bit and make sure that we talk about all of these interconnections between us and the east side of the Cascades, between our history, California, Oregon, all of these things. And it's opened up it, the, the how exhibitions and the way we interpret it keep at the forefront of our mind the way that people in the in the West come together. Mm. And so it's Native American, it's Latino, it's Chinese, it's all of these people that settled here in the West over many 
you know, tens of tens of thousands of centuries. And to remember that story is a really fascinating endeavor. I think one of the things that I liked about the the opening of that wing, it it was a museum experience that connected me to the natural world in a way where I haven't necessarily felt at other museums. I mean, some of those those paintings or illustrations or sculptures just made nature come alive in a really interesting way. Um, it was it was a very cool experience to to go through there. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, we hope it still works that way when you go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how does uh, a new wing with the ben- Benaroya wing? Okay fit into that does it does it continue that expansion into like western art or is it another shift or how do you think of it um yes okay <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> so the the benaroya collection is largely uh works of works in glass uh, because uh rebecca and jack had long-term connections to the pilchuck glass school oh and so the the wing is a really important opportunity for the museum to take possession of the history of the Pilchuck era. Now, it's a great Tacoma story because Dale Chihuly is oh, a yeah. Tacoma, Tacoma, Tacoma native. Uh, the early years of the Pilchuck Glass School depended on Dale and his situation here and the the city's willingness to encourage him and embrace him and push him forward, and Dale's mom. Um, it's so interesting to, to when you dig deep into the story of the early years in Pilchuck and the v- incredibly important role that Viola Chihuly played in supporting Dale and his vision. Hmm. And the, the poster for the very first year uh, recruiting students to, the, to Pilchuck one of the uh, features was and a trip to Dale's mom's house in Tacoma. <laughs> and and Pilchuck is like a glass art school, school right? Right, yeah. right. Um, it started as this crazy summer camp for art students up in um, near Stanwood. Okay. And the other connection to Tacoma is Anne Gould Hauberg. Uh, she and her husband, then husband John Hauberg, uh, offered Dale um, use of their tree farm. And Dale thought very carefully, should he have the this pill truck closer to uh, the Tacoma area, uh, where his where his mother was, uh, close to Seattle. But the offer of a free, of free rent essentially yeah. pushed pushed him up north near Stanwood. Right. So, so the the wing helps us tell the history of the. Pilchuck Glass School. We've got the fighter jet, the, the fighter jet buzzing us as we sound uh, of freedom. Man. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, so, if you think about the Northwest, if you think about art in the Northwest over the last maybe hundred years, yeah, the first half century was dominated by Mark Toby and the 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 group um, known as the Northwest Mystics, uh, and it was this painterly effort uh, to bring abstraction to this region that didn't have it, which isn't exactly true either, but that's another sure. that's another podcast with my colleague, Margaret. Okay. Uh, but by the 80s and 90s, um, Toby um, and and those, those artists began to pass away, and they began to fade from the attention of New York and London and points beyond. And there was this charismatic 
artist, Dale Chihuly, who was doing these crazy things up in Pilchuck in the summer. And because of his connections uh, around the world to artists, to glass factories, to manufacturers, he was able to convene people here and let relationships build, let ideas bounce off one another, let things develop. And that's the history that we want to tell with the Benaroya Wing. Wow. And we have a great start, I have to tell you. Uh, we have a retrospective collection of Dale's work. We have Anne Gould Halberg's uh, uh, collection. We have the Paul Marioni collection. Uh, Paul was a teacher at Pilchuck for 14 years, still is involved. His son Dante is very much involved. Um, Dante is perhaps the world's second greatest glassblower, living glassblower. Uh, Lino Taglapietro is probably the best. And he's in Seattle. So, One of the things that I think is so interesting about Tacoma is we're surrounded by by glass in a way that I feel like sometimes makes people it's like it's like too much of it. So the people who actually live in Tacoma are like, oh, like they don't care that the glass at the Swiss is Chihuly. And it's like that's kind of a big deal, you know? Or or uh, the the there's glass of his at um, you know UW T, of course, and then we have the Hotel Murano, which is a beautiful place to see some you know amazing glass art. You can just go up and down the elevator. Yeah, um, problems. We kind of, of take it for granted a little bit. Yeah, problems of success, right? Um, so if you think of the Maxfield, the bar in San Francisco that has the Maxfield Parish murals, right? People go there to have a drink under these great paintings. In 10, 20 years, people will go to the Swiss to have a, to have a um, you know, yeah. pint underneath yes. those things and to listen to some pretty good music. So. I heard that actually the accordions on the wall are Chihuly's as well. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Chihuly was a, or is, um, a pretty uh, magnificent collector of things. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's uh, come back and we'll talk a little, uh, we're going to take a break for a sponsor uh, read and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the opening of uh, the new Rebecca and Jack Benroya Wing at TAM. Stay tuned. How do you balance changing the world with paying bills? Thanks to a new program at Pacific Lutheran University, you may not have to. Let me tell you about the PLU Pledge. Here's the pledge PLU makes to new undergraduate students. If, after you graduate, you have a full-time job and you make less than $40,000 per year, PLU will help you make your student loan payments. Got that? If you want to pursue your passion in, let's say, music, or you want to fight to make the world a better place through nonprofit work, but your paycheck just isn't where it needs to be yet, PLU will step in and help. It's one way that PLU invests in its students, even after they've left the campus, and one of the many ways PLU works to be accessible and affordable for all students. Check out plu.edu slash PLU Pledge to learn more, because student debt shouldn't stand in the way of following your passion. And we're back. Uh, so we're here with Rock Hushka, the... Deputy Director and Chief Curator at Tacoma Art Museum. Is it okay to call it TAM? Like, like, is that an acceptable abbreviation? No, I'm seeing a shaking head. It is Tacoma Art Museum. Okay, I'll stick with I'll stick with the script here. Uh, so on January 19th, you uh, are opening the Rebecca and Jack Benaroya Wing. Tell me more about the wing. Um, how big is it, and and how does it connect to the current museum? 
the wing, the new wing itself, is just under seven thousand square feet, uh, with about uh, uh, forty-five hundred square feet of exhibition space. So it adds about twenty twenty-five percent to to the museum. It's on the north. Uh, end of the building, and it connects through the um, George and Mary Davis Gallery. Okay. So we blew out an old window and have a little uh, a little threshold. So one of the tricks of building anything at Tacoma Art Museum is, is that you have to build it all on stilts, it seems like. That's got to be uh, make everything a lot more expensive every time you add a wing. Insanely expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but more covered parking, I guess. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so tell me more about the art that will be will be in uh, the wing. What will we see on that on that first time coming in? You mentioned some of the artists. Is there anything in particular you'd want to call out visitors should look for? Um, sure. Uh, we have three inaugural exhibitions and then two major works of art that we uh, from the collection that we've been able to install. Uh, so the. The, the two works are uh, Ginny Ruffner's Wings, uh, which uh, we attach to the side, the exterior of the Benaroya Wing. And these were originally commissioned by the Seafirst Gallery uh, in 1990. The Seafirst Bank? Is that uh, what, you, uh, indeed. what we're talking about? Okay. Yep. Um, we're going way back. <laughs> indeed we are. And thank you, Bank of America, for dispersing their collection. Uh, <laughs> So these have been in storage uh, since 95, and we're thrilled to have finally um, brought them brought them out. Uh, we also have uh, recently received a major sculpture by Martin Blank called Current, uh, which we have uh, installed in our lobby. Current is literally 30 feet long, 9 feet tall, and it's a r- river of glass. Uh, that wow. that uh, blank was commissioned by Mar- Melvin Pohl in Seattle, and this is a gift of Rosalind B. Pohl to the museum. So um, a major, major work. And one of the reasons why that's so important is that it reminds us that glass artists are working in uh, great and magical ways and in scales of, of, of almost... Um, unimaginable uh, sizes. For the inaugural exhibitions, uh, the, the, big, the big show is called Metaphor into Form, Art in the Era of the Pilchuck Glass School. And this is a selection of works from the museum's collection, uh, including the promised gift of the Benaroya collection, uh, a number of very carefully chosen loans. And the intent is to remind everyone that Pilchuck is this incredibly important creative center and um, an engine in American art and has been since the 1970s. And it really runs the gamut from these early vessels to uh, glass with video and a whole bunch of stuff in the middle. Wow. (laughs) And for... I've I've stolen the 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 the, the core thesis from Stefano Catalani, uh, who wrote an essay for us, and he explored the way that um, glass is the perfect postmodern material because it has this ability to transmit meaning almost frictionlessly. And what I wanted to do with that idea is remind people that the history of Pilchuck runs pretty parallel to all of these conversations and arguments and discourse about postmodernism and art and art criticism. So it's an, a fascinating way to remind people that we here in the Northwest have been part of that conversation 
whether we want to or not, in a <laughs> lot of different ways. Yes. Uh, a, a second project, uh, we commissioned the artist Deborah Moore uh, for to make something new for us. And I approached her about two years ago, and I said, asked her, Deborah, what's the next thing you would like to do in your career? And she thought for a couple of weeks and came back to me with a proposal of making life-size trees in glass. Wow. Um, and we, we f uh, scraped together a few, a uh, little bit of money, and uh, we were able to commission her. And she has uh, produced four trees, and it's roughly a cycle of the seasons. Hmm. Um, with with some magic and yep. some enchantment in there. And so they're spectacularly beautiful. And just, it's almost unbelievable that these things are made almost exclusively of glass. So really, really fantastic work. And then we also have a, a small selection of portraits by the artist Mary Van Klein. Uh, Mary uh, was an early glass artist, uh, came to, to Pilchuck in 1986, uh, but she also has a, a really deep background in photography. And for the past couple of years, she has been making a, a very careful effort to document the first generation of people, artists, curators, um, collectors, gallery folks, who helped uh, propel the studio glass movement into this international phenomenon. And so we have selected uh, a, a number of, of artists who are in the Benaroya collection from this bigger documenta project. And, it, um, and they're fantastic portraits. Because Mary has known these people for so long, she can get them to relax. And you get to yeah. see parts of their character. And then you can connect them to the kind of works they make. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. This might be an unfair question to a curator, but do you have a favorite piece that will be in the wing? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Well, um, I have a bunch of favorites, sure. and each, each for different reasons. Sure. So I'm, I'm particularly um, intrigued and fascinated by Jewelry Window by Charles Ledre. So Charles, uh, in the 80s, when I met him, uh, dating myself, um, was a guard at the Seattle Art Museum. And he moved to, to New York uh, in the late 80s and uh, just worked and worked and worked and has become essentially one of the nation's blue-chip artists. Uh, so for Jewelry Window, there are two uh, planes of glass that you have to look through. And what you're, what you're seeing is all of these small forms of, um, that, that, jewelry, that jewelry stores use to display jewelry. And what's Im important to remember is that Charles makes everything. So these are not uh, purchased. They're, they're, they're slightly miniaturized. Mm -hmm. And as you look and you see these things, you are one fascinated by his ability to reconstruct these things. But then the, you suddenly realize that this window is empty. So it's a recreation of a jewelry store window at night. Okay. And you begin to think about what kind of works would have been in that case. And you try to imagine what you're desiring to see. 
That's really cool. And then you spend a little bit more time about it, and you realize, you see that there's a, the second plane in the back, another frosted glass window. And then you're left with this barrier to what's actually in the store. And so there's these mind tricks that you have to play. So, so using glass this subtly, this slyly, is really, really fascinating uh, That's to very me. cool. One of the, so so we have coming up a big date. January nineteenth is the public opening. Do you want to share any of the festivities that might be planned around that? I'm um, sure. Uh, we our education team uh, is organizing this like a family festival. So there'll be activities uh, throughout the day, uh, a dance performance inspired by uh, Martin Blank's Current. Uh, the 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 big event of the day is a lecture by the. Uh, scholar uh, William Warmus, and he's going to talk about the uh, role of glass in contemporary art. So picking up on the metaphor uh, theme. Yeah. And uh, 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 Warmus was the former chief curator at the Corning Museum of Glass in New York State. So uh, eminently respected uh, scholar and curator. Okay. So everyone who remembers the 2003 opening remembers that it was 24 hours. Is this one 24 hours or will it be a normal business day kind of thing or a normal weekend? We are stretching this opening out for an entire week. So if you're a member of Tacoma Art Museum, you you can come anytime during the week um, previous to the 19th. And just, uh, just you'll get a special little badge or you can join. And then we have a series of opportunities for our community partners mm-hmm. uh, to come experience the wing uh, before the the big opening, the big public opening. Yep, and we have hundreds and hundreds of school kids already scheduled to come for tours during that week. So we'll see if it works. That's great. Yeah. Will there be any uh, free days in January, February? I know sometimes Tacoma Art Museum has like a. F- Third Thursdays or things like that. Are there anything like that that you'd just want to mention for? Uh, the nineteenth is, is free. Oh, okay. And then um, in February, well, throughout January and February, uh, after five o'clock on Thursdays, we're yep. free to the public. That's great. Yep. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Anything else you want to add about uh, what's coming up? I'm sure sure you have uh, lots of exciting things on plan. Um, indeed. Uh, in later this spring, uh, in March, we have the opening of the painter Jean Quick to See Smith, uh, one of the nation's foremost uh, painters uh, uh, who has some really interesting and deep ties to the Puget Sound region. And she is internationally renowned for her images of Native American subjects and identity and uh, themes of social justice and environmental justice. So super fantastic. Um, This summer, uh, we are going to have an exhibition of animation of America's favorite family. And I am not saying some things due to copyright restrictions as we figure some of this stuff out. And then um, America's longest running television, animated television show, if that's a hint. And then, Ah, oh, I, I finally clued in. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, and then um, this fall, um, our, our new director, David Setford, is organizing an exhibition of Impressionist paintings in Northwest collections. Hmm. So if you can imagine, for the first time in a century, all of the museums are lending, and private collectors are lending highlights from their Impressionist works to one exhibition. So we're really thrilled um, to bring together some amazing things from Monet to um, artists who worked in uh, Portland. Yeah, yep. that's really exciting. 
Okay, well, you heard it heard it here, everyone. Uh, January 19th, free public day, um, or you can join uh, and see it early as a member. Uh, so that's very exciting. Thank you for coming, Rock. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm excited to see to see the opening and to see to see what's there in the new Rebecca and Jack Benaroya wing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay, and thank you uh, to all of our listeners. We'll be back uh, with another episode soon. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. And please consider supporting Channel 253 with a monthly or annual membership. Go to channel253.com. This is Channel 253.